You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. The Hornets drop a heartbreaker to the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night, losing 134 to 131 in overtime. With the loss, the Hornets moved to 2-2 two and two on the season and have now lost eight straight overtime games dating back to the 2021-2022 campaign. In this episode, we will also preview the game in Orlando against the Magic on Friday night. But first, let's dive into this next game. I wanted to record following the game. But I also saw that I needed to take a breather. I was pretty upset after this loss to the New York Knicks. And I know what you might be thinking is, hey, it's game four, 82-game season, long road ahead, missing three of our top seven rotational players, one being our all-star in LaMelo Ball, two being quite possibly the second best player on this roster in Terry Rozier. And the third being arguably our best perimeter defender in Cody Martin. And yet, I found myself upset that the Charlotte Hornets dropped this game in New York because this was one of those games that the Charlotte Hornets could have stolen. They were behind all night, but always in striking distance. There was never a time in the game where I felt like the Hornets weren't going to be able to win. They always stayed in striking distance of the New York Knicks. All of that led to a five-point lead with two minutes to go. And so when we look at it, and if you had asked many of us, many of you who are listening, myself included, that if LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Cody Martin missed the entire first week of the season and the Hornets are 2-2 two and two coming out of it, we all would have taken that, right? But after seeing what this team did in Atlanta with the same players available, beating a much better Atlanta Hawks team than this New York Knicks team, It was frustrating to see the Hornets have a chance to move to 3-1 and on the season and beat a team that it will likely be jostling with for playoff seeding, even missing those three players in LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Cody Martin, because the Hornets had that chance. Now, there are many factors as to why the Hornets lost. Many of you would point to the officiating as playing a major role in the outcome of this game. Steve Clifford, according to his post-game comments, was pointing to the pick-and-roll defense and the open looks that the Knicks were getting all night in the paint, which led to them shooting 54% from the field. And then others of you may blame 
Plumley's minutes or not getting a good look on the final play in regulation or a number of other things. But at the end of the day, the Hornets were there. And this game could have been theirs. Five-point lead with two minutes to go, and they could not close. That's frustrating. It doesn't matter if it's game four. I liked what Steve Clifford said the other night. I don't care if it's game two. That's bad basketball when he was referring to the fouling in the Pelicans game in the home opener. I know it's game four. But these are the games that matter at the end of a season when you start crunching wins, when you start looking at the standings. And all you needed was one or two more to get into the top six or all you needed was one or two more wins to have that home play-in game or one or two more wins to get into the play-in. Whatever the case may be. These are the games that you can look back to even without LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Cody Martin. Because when I look at this Knicks roster, yeah, Jalen Brunson had a hell of a game. But I'm not scared when I look at this roster and I look at the product on the court either. When I look at it on paper and I look at it in reality, the New York Knicks don't scare me. They're not one of those teams where you're missing a guy or two or three. And you're like, man, we just can't win this one. The Hornets could have won. Now, did they deserve to win when they were behind for 44, 45 minutes of the game? Maybe not. But the fact that they were there and then took the lead just to squander it and eventually lose in overtime, it is frustrating. And then not to just lose in a normal way, but in a gut-wrenching, historical Hornets type of way with P.J. Washington's toe on the three-point line. And yes, it was. I thought it was a two in real time. I thought it was a two after review. The shot went up in real time. I said, damn it, his foot was on the line. Sure enough, if it wasn't, even losing a normal way down all night, find a way to tie it, find a way to take the lead up five, two minutes to go looking like we're going to steal one, not get a good look on the last possession of the game. Gordon doesn't even hit rim. We go to overtime. We flub all in overtime and then still have a chance at the end just for PJ. Washington's toe to be on the dang line, man. Come on. Now, were there some good things? Of course. And so I want to take you through a few of my observations from the game. We're going to do a little good, bad, and ugly. The good, Jalen McDaniels, guys. Many fans of the Hornets have been sleeping on Jalen McDaniels. They did it last year throughout the offseason. He really wasn't mentioned very much because there was this push for more Thor, more Book Knight, Mark Williams, Kai Jones, and the forgotten guy who actually produced last year 
and showed some growth. I don't like using that word because James Borrego killed it last year. Used it in moments when he shouldn't have. But anyways, I digress from that. Jalen McDaniels actually showed growth last year. He shot 38% from three in 2021-2022. This season, currently, he's shooting 75%. Now, is he going to shoot 75% from three for the entire season? No, he's not going to do that. But he can shoot. He's long, he's lengthy, he can move his feet, he's athletic. This is a guy that many Hornets fans forgot about during the summer, or they wanted to, they chose to. It's not because it's not because what Jalen gave you on the court wasn't positive. Many Hornets fans just wanted something more because it was a dreadful offseason. We've discussed that on here and you guys have to in your own circles and on your own socials and all of those things, right? And so many of you wanted more than what Jalen had shown you and you were hoping that maybe in one of those other guys, they could provide that spark. Don't forget about Jalen McDaniels and he keeps telling you that. He keeps reminding you, don't forget about me. Because he's doing good things for this basketball team. Jalen McDaniels is going to be a mainstay in this rotation throughout this season because any t- you always need shooters. And Jalen McDaniels is shooting at a high clip right now. Teo Maladon, our Frenchman, he's hooping right now. He's reading the defense well. He's dropping it off. He's he's playing well in the pick and roll. He's shooting it well, even. He's doing all things well. The one word that comes to mind with Teo Maladon is well. He is playing well. He's doing things well. He's reading well, shooting well, passing well. Now, once the Hornets are back to full strength and healthy, Teo will be in Greensboro. And so I'm glad to see that he's producing. I'm glad to see that he's contributing while he has his opportunities currently. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I saw some people making some lists of what they believe the rotation should be once the Hornets are healthy. And I saw Teo in that top 10. Saw Book Knight, DSJ. LaMelo, Terry, and Cody. That's six guards. That's six guards in a rotation. That can't happen. Multiple of those guys are going to be the odd men out. And so, but he was a bright spot. He's playing well, and that only means good things because that does offer you depth so that you can sustain injury, so that you can sustain bouts with sickness or a sprained ankle, whatever the case may be, you can sustain those moments. And lastly, not lastly, but the last one that I'm going to bring up, James Booknight. James Booknight had a good showing. Many wanted to say that his previous showing against the Hawks 
was also good. I'm not quite sure that I would say that. He went three of 10 from the field in, in that game against the Hawks, 30%. He scored 10 points, but he didn't really offer much in any other statistical categories. He didn't shoot it particularly well. But this game, this was a much better game. We saw him hitting shots from outside. We saw him driving, getting fouled, absorbing contact, finishing at the rim. We saw some good things from James Booknight. So I, he deserves a shout-out. He's received a lot of negative comments thus far. And so it's only right that we also give him his shine when he deserves it. The bad. This was a glaring one to me. And not particularly because Nick Richards played so well that he should have had more minutes. But I do have a stat that I do want to show at you, uh, throw at you, not show at you, throw at you. Plumlee played 31 minutes against the Knicks to Richards 19. I do not like that. I do not like those numbers. 31 for Plumlee, 19 for Richards. I do not like those minutes. Plumlee, in his 31 minutes, his plus minus, he was a minus 15. He was a minus 15 in his 31 minutes. Nick Richards, in his 19 minutes, was a plus 12. Steve Clifford, I already mentioned this earlier. He brought up the pick-and-roll defense and how it was good against Atlanta. It was bad against the Knicks. You have to believe that Nick Richards was the primary receiver of this comment because DSJ was in that hip pocket. Jalen Brunson had a great game, but not because Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't playing good defense. Brunson was just hitting some really tough shots, making some good reads, all of those things. But Nick Richards, you have to believe, was the main person and player that Steve Clifford was referring to and as to why he saw a reduction in minutes. He didn't put, he, he didn't put up the numbers that he has in previous games. But still, when you look at it, and I know plus minus isn't the end-all be-all, but plus 12 for Nick Richards. Minus 15 for Plumley. Plumley can pass. <clears throat> and so for everyone who hates on Plumley, says, oh, he does nothing well. He does nothing for the team. There's no positives. He just brings the ball up the floor and turns it over, can't rebound, can't shoot, can't hit free throws, so on and so on. Plumley can distribute the basketball. And that has to be the reason why he continues to find himself starting on this basketball team and receiving heavy minutes at the center position. But outside of that, he doesn't offer much. His rim protection is not an asset. It is a liability. He also did not 
play the pick and roll very well defensively. That's the bad. That's the bad. And hopefully Nick will re- uh, will rebound. Yeah, hopefully he'll rebound in real life, but he will rebound from this performance to where we can start seeing those minutes equal out and then hopefully at some point start to tilt in his favor instead of Plumley's because Plumley, there's you can't have Plumley playing 31 minutes as your center and expect to be a good basketball team over the long haul of a season. It's early. It's early. So not going to worry about it too much. Have a lot of faith in Coach Steve Clifford. He's done a phenomenal job. He really seems like he's got the guys buying in to roles. Defense, even though the defense wasn't great against the Knicks, still you're not having as many breakdowns on the wings, which is a good thing. The ugly. Ubre's technical. You cannot do that, Kelly. That cannot happen. You cannot allow your pride and your ego to overcome the overall well-being of the team. Oh, my gosh. I was losing my mind at home. Watching the game. You cannot do that, Kelly. And he knows it. We're not saying anything like that he doesn't know. But you got to respond accordingly. They had the ball. They're bringing the ball up the floor. It's over. Let it go. Yeah, the ref blew that call, like many others. Book Knight getting absolutely pummeled and nothing being called. What the bleep was that? What are you looking at, ref? Okay, back. Ubre, you cannot do that, sir. You cannot do that. And then my next ugly. The floor of this team rises with a healthy Gordon Hayward. Let me repeat that. I want to say this again because I, I've been called a Gordon hater, a, a Gordon Hayward hater, many many times. And so I do want to say this to all of our listeners: the floor of this team rises with a healthy Gordon Hayward. It does. But man, down down the stretch of a close game in regulation and in overtime, you want to see more from your $120 million man. Especially when you're without LaMelo and Terry down the stretch, who are your two players that you would go to normally You need Gordon Hayward to step up down the stretch. He didn't. Zero points in overtime. Hesitating, second-guessing himself. He did a good job. The team did a good job of gang rebounding and fighting for loose balls. They did a good job of that down the stretch. Defending at the rim, P.J. had a couple really big stops where he went vertical, shot was missed. There are three, four guys, Plumley, Hayward, Oubre, P.J., 
fighting for loose ball, getting rebounds, things of that nature. They did a good job. So that was another good down the stretch. Too often last season we saw opponents getting the rebound, getting second and third chances in those same opportunities, in those same situations. So I want to shout that out. Reverse. That was my reverse sound. That was terrible. Okay. So, but that was a good down the stretch. I like seeing that. That's a different thing that we're seeing from this team. But the ugly, we needed you, Gordon. You could have put that game on on ice. That last shot in regulation, it wasn't a great look. Should PJ have taken that shot? Maybe. There were still four seconds on the clock when he received the ball. Maybe he thought that it was too early. That may have been something that they discussed in the huddle. Don't shoot too quickly so that the Knicks can get the rebound, call a timeout, and then New York have the last chance shot to win the game in regulation. That could have been something that was discussed. Maybe not, but maybe. Wasn't the best look for Gordon, but man, hit rim. Put it put it up softly on the rim. I know Mitchell Robinson is a good rim protector, but man, former All-Star, $120 million, $30 million this year. Put it on the rim, man. In overtime. Posted a clip on Hornets lead today. When Gordon passes to Dennis Smith Jr. in the corner, when he has a wide open midi. Shoot the midi, Gordon. Shoot it, man. That's why you're here. I mean, that's why you were brought to Charlotte so that you could be that guy. Now, maybe things haven't quite shaken out that way. But especially with LaMelo and Terry, you got to shoot that, man. Got to be assertive. Good thing for PJ. I mean, PJ got a lot of hate. He did for not hitting the shot, having making sure that his feet were behind the line. Some people were talking about his court awareness, shooting that three in transition at the top of the key, things of that nature, those plays. But he was attacking the rim, got to the foul line twice, hit a big shot. Did some good things. He was attacking. He was being aggressive. Wish we could say the same thing for Gordon. Really wanted to see him come through. Transition into this Magic game on Friday. The Magic will be without Cole Anthony, Markel Foltz, Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, and Mo Wagner. That's five rotational players for the Orlando Magic that they will be missing when the Charlotte Hornets come to the land of Mickey to take on the Magic. If this doesn't have a classic Hornets loss written all over it, I am terrified of what's going to happen in this Magic game. I'm not going to lie to you. This has classic Hornets loss written all over it. 
The Hornets had a couple of these last season. The Houston Rockets. When the Hornets were in Houston, game went to overtime. Hornets were losing the entire game. It was much like the Knicks game. Losing the entire game. Came back. Tied it up just to go into overtime and eventually lose. The Magic last season as well. The Magic were without multiple players. And yet they came into the Spectrum Center and put it on the Hornets. Those are two that I remember from last season. What about old Nick Batum? Uh-oh, Nick Batum sighting on high hoops. The infamous Nick Batum guarantee that the Hornets would beat the 76ers. The lowly, trust the process, Philadelphia 76ers just for the Hornets to lose. This has that written all over it. Especially with the Warriors in town the following night. No LaMelo ball again. He has already been declared out. Terry Rozier and Cody Martin are doubtful. So we may be looking at the exact same roster that the Hornets have had these past two games. If so, they should still win. They should still win. The, the Orlando Magic have not won. They're 0-5. Hornets do not allow Orlando to get their first win of the season against you. Do not allow Dookie Paolo Bancaro to get his first NBA win against you. Yeah, I had to throw that out there. I'm I'm a Carolina fan, guys, you know. So, hey, for all my Carolina fans listening, show me that love. Put it in the comments, you know. Put it in the reviews. Let me know on Twitter, all those things, right? Do not allow Paolo Bancaro to get his first NBA win against you on Friday night. Win this game. Win this game, Hornets. Go to three and two. We'll go back home to the Hive. Welcome Steph and Co. into Spectrum Center. And we'll see what happens. Do not lose focus and sight on this Orlando Magic game. Do not overlook. Win this game, guys. Win this game. This will actually, this is going to sound crazy making a lot of statements early on in the season. But I believe this. I truly do. These are the games that matter once you start looking at the standings in April. People want to talk about, oh, it's the first week of, of the season. Oh, it's the first month of the season. Oh, it's only game four. Oh, it's only game five. These games count the same as the ones that are game 77, game 81. Game 82. These count the exact same. Do not lose games that you should win early on in the season just so that you can blame it on, well, it's the beginning of the season. Well, we had some injuries. No. The guys have been playing well. Win this game, guys. Win this game. That's going to do it for us. See you next time. Adios. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League.
be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.